bridging the digital divide, coming down in three, two, one. Hey there, I'm Lisa Kapala, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of Bridging the Digital Divide. So we started off Season 1 with a really great guest, Julie Chen. I hope you got a chance to listen to that because that was a really awesome program we did, if I do say so myself, with the help of Brad, who's always here. Hi, Brad. Hi. And so we thought we'd continue on with Exploring Technology, and this morning we have with us Bernie Lyon. I think you are probably one of the Sherpa guides also, like Brad is, helping bridge people across the digital divide. Yes. Yes, because you, so. you've been in the technology trenches probably your whole life. Uh, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So let's get started and talk a little bit about, we usually ask our guests where they came from with technology. So what did you start with? My background goes back to when I was a kid. My father worked for a radio station, and uh, I had access to tape recorders, which were kind of marvelous things in that time, and I used to play around with those. I also followed him around whenever he repaired things. He would fix the washing machine, the refrigerator, or things like that, and I'd watch him. So, And I wasn't afraid to take things apart myself and, and just try to fix them. Right. The days so, of that are gone, though. Pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> everybody, you, everything you take is stuff throwaway. apart now, and right. you're really in trouble, I think. Yes, you are. Especially <laughs> with all those microchips that they're cramming uh, yeah. on there. You could never do that. Mm -hmm. Do you miss the days, Bernie, of being able to take things apart and see how they work, or do you just Google it or YouTube it? To a certain extent, I miss it. I remember one of the last things I repaired was a, a VCR. Oh. And initially, I was going to say, well, it's a good VCR. I don't have the time to fix it. Let me drop it in the shop. So I took it in. And they said, it's not worth fixing. After they stopped laughing, right. they said, don't fix yeah. it. They, they actually, they, it was actually a repair shop, but they yeah. said, no, it's not worth it. So I took it home, and I just got some information. I found that it needed a power supply, which cost $30. Right. And if you think about it, $30 was outrageous to pay for, for a VCR, That's even though they, they made, maybe went for $150 then. So right. I, I sent away for it, put it in, and things still working. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> and what do you feel is the satisfaction level you gain from doing that yourself? Uh, I get an appreciation of how technology has changed over the years. Yeah. Um, if you think of the early days of radio, if you go way back, you had actually an A, B, and C, I think, batteries, they call them, mm -hmm. free batteries. One for the filament, you know, one for the grid, and so forth and so on, power supply. I mean, today, um, if you think about radios, it, it's essentially one chip, more or less. Right. Very different than the transistor radios we had when I was very young, and then boom boxes in the 80s, right? right? <laughs> Kids, you can look that up if you're listening. And now we have most of our music around our phones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we don't even use radios really too much unless it's in the car, I think. And even that, you can listen to podcasts. There's a attempt at some uh, yeah. shameless <laughs> self-promotion there. Okay, so take us back to uh, your first memory of the first computer you ever used. The first computer, my first personal computer that I used was a Timex Sinclair ZX81. Okay. And if I recall, I'm trying to remember the exact amount of memory, but I think I paid $100 or something, and it might have brought it up to 16 kilobytes. <laughs> wow. And what year are we saying this would be around? Would this, this be this 70s is, maybe? Um, I think it was... Yeah, it might have been the late 70s. The late 70s. Yeah. And who else would have access to that type of computer at that time? Because I know Brad and I talked about the first computer that was available, like Radio Shack, that some of our guests had talked about. But this sounds like one I'd never heard of. This was actually a commercial device. I mean, you could buy this. I don't remember what it cost, mm. but uh, every, anybody could get one. 
Okay. Uh, you had to hook it up to a television set to the RF cable. Right. It had, it had a membrane keyboard, so it was, it was only about so big. Maybe two two hands with yeah, size. Yeah, that's about it. And you you type on the keyboard. You it ran a, a basic type language. Okay. Why did you buy it? Um, I I was just interested in computers and calculators. When when I was in school, when I was taking grad, I don't, I don't remember if it was a graduate or undergraduate course. I went in to school to use their essentially calculator <laughs> because I didn't I didn't have one at the time. They they were just if if they were available, they were outrageously expensive. Right. And I was doing very simple calculations as well. So I'd go in there and I'd do some calculations. I came back and then I'm thinking, well, you can actually get one of these things and do your own calculations. Cool. Were you embracing technology at that time, or did you sort of like the traditional way you'd been using things prior? No, I, I liked just I, I regularly enjoyed the, the changes that came uh, mm-hmm. as technology came along. I remember once going on a tour to Hewlett Packard, and uh, I believe they said they had the first digital watch. <laughs> and it was it was very, very big, and it right. had red LEDs that you didn't turn on all the time. You had to press a button or else it would just kill the battery. Wow. And it cost about $600. <laughs> then. Then. Which was quite a lot of change back yes. then. Wow. Okay, and the first modem you ever had was a Gateway 286? The first PC. With four, okay, with four megabytes? The first PC, yeah, my first sort of personal PC uh, was a Gateway 486, and I remember buying it, and I wanted to get a whopping 8 megabytes of RAM, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but um, it wasn't available. And they said, I don't remember when I got the computer, but they said, no, that'll be after Thanksgiving or something. We can ship it to you now. So eventually I did put in a whopping eight megabytes of RAM. Okay, and Brad, <laughs> in terms of storage, how much is eight megabytes? What can you put on there? Like um, nothing really. I mean, it's it does some functions, but I think that like a flip phone would probably have more than eight megabytes nowadays. Wow. Well, that'll hold what two songs? <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah, it's right? not much. No, at if you th- all. think about MP3 yeah. files, about two songs. So, what <laughs> yeah. were you using it for? Uh, at that time. I think when we first got it, I'm not sure if we were actually online. If we were, it was a telephone modem, mm-hmm. so it was very, very slow. But you guys were really modern because we didn't have a computer in my home, I don't think, until I was probably in high school. So you were really ahead of most folks probably because of your interest in technology. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. I don't think I know anybody that had a modem at home unless um, they needed it for work. I didn't get it right away. They were, they were still kind of pricey. At mm-hmm. the time, and they were very, very slow. I mean, you'd you'd have to dial up. Oh, yeah, sound. I can only imagine. Yes. I can only imagine. Yes, yeah, you're right. The sound, yeah, the sound. Yeah, that noise. Screeching. I know. Yeah. I should, we should oh. have a sound effect for that. I can oh, plug God, it in. No. You know what? Though I bet you a lot of kids today wouldn't know what that sound is, no. but it's very. Um, if you've heard it once, you yeah. know it. Yeah, it's very annoying. Yeah. Okay, and then you changed to Pentium. After that, I upgraded yeah. that machine to a Pentium. You could buy a package. And you actually took out the microprocessor, you put in the new microprocessor, and it doubled the speed, and it had this big fan attached to it uh, because yeah. Well, you had yeah, to cool heat, it. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, and what did you use that for? Uh, it, it just improved the, the operation of the computer. Okay, yeah. all right. So then you gave me a little list here. This is kind of cute, I thought. You started by using a chalkboard and blackboard <laughs> when you were teaching, and then talk about where your progress, progression went from there. Sure. I started, I started teaching, uh, this was 80s, 1986, I started teaching electronics okay. at ATI and Woburn. Great. And they had chalkboards and chalk. Right. So that's, that's what, what I, you used. That's what yeah. I used, yeah. Okay. And, and eventually, 
even while I was teaching there, they, they heard where I was working at, Informetrics at the time, now it's FLIR. They found out that I was teaching, and they said, oh, you teach. Would you like to do part of the training course for infrared? And I said, sure. Ooh, that, fun. That's, that sounds like It does sound like fun. So I did that. They had a whiteboard. Ooh. Oh, well, that's really stepping <laughs> it so, up, yeah. huh? And, and overhead projectors, where you put the transparencies oh, yeah. the on there. projectors, right? yeah. <laughs> sure. How did you like working with those transparencies? I mean, I never actually used one myself, but I'd seen them used, obviously. You know, was that difficult? I, I didn't use? mind it. No, it wasn't difficult. They were, they were already in order. They were already pre-printed. So that makes it easy. So you just slap them on the overhead projector. Right. But didn't they have special pens that you could kind of write on or circle, John Madden-esque, I'm thinking of, uh, like where you yeah, you circle stuff, you know, on there. See, I'm left-handed, and that always is an issue oh, for me because smudge. when I, yeah, I smudge <laughs> when I put my hand down. So I was curious to see if you ever had any issues when you used it, any issues as far as technology or changes. No, I don't know. recall doing a lot of drawing mm -hmm. Because it was pre-printed. I, I think it was because it was pre-printed, yes. Okay. So then you went from transparencies to what? Overhead protector to what? We, after the transparencies, or along with the transparencies, we made 35-millimeter slides. Now, this oh. is before PowerPoint. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> there was a program called Designer. Okay. And it, it cost in the thousands of dollars, as programs did back then. And you could draw stuff on it. You could display it on a computer screen. Now, what we did is we set up a very special room, and the room had, well, they put darkening blinds in the room. Okay. And I set up a 35-millimeter camera across the room okay. and zoomed in so you don't get what's called the pincushion effect on the image. Otherwise, when you take the image, you could see it sort of round. And we used to photograph the screen. That slide was your 35-millimeter slide. Back then, the equivalent of PowerPoint. So time, that takes a tremendous a amount, tremendous of, amount time. of time. You got to take the pictures. You got to take have them yes. developed into the slides. Yes. So the guy whose job that was is out of work now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because now we don't do it that way, nope. right? We just grab stock images from the computer oh, and we sure. put them in a PowerPoint and off we go. So you really embrace technology. It's never bothered you. No, and, and because of the job, I. I, I was embedded in it. I mean, I had to do it because I had to teach people how to operate infrared cameras, which right. was somewhat difficult, a lot more difficult than it is today. Today, you go out and buy them. I think they're $400 or less, and you can kind of point and shoot. Now what is the use of an infrared camera? What, what are the uh, practical applications It for essentially sees thermal surface heat patterns. Okay. And one of the ways that you can use it is you can look, you can scan electrical power lines oh. if, if there's a fault and there's a high resistance joint, and it gets hot, so you see it. Okay. So that's infrared. What about traditional cameras? Because you sound like you're a photo bug a little bit. Uh, traditional cameras. Big changes. Um, yeah. I, I remember I won a camera when I was, I'm trying to think. This is in the early 70s. It was a little box-type thing. Sure. And I remember what happened is it broke. And so I said, oh, what should I do with this thing? Well, it, it's broke, but the shutter stays open. So I pointed it up at the sky, put it down, and I took what's called star trails. You could actually see the, ah. the stars sweeping. They would make oh, lines wow. across the sky. That's neat. That was pretty neat. Okay. And uh, I've never really, I think we had one 35-millimeter camera, mm -hmm. and we used that for a while. But when digital came along, I got into digital because of the um, working with infrared. When you took an infrared picture... You didn't necessarily know what you were looking at in <laughs> right, the infrared. Right. So 
it's nice to have a, a visual image. Originally, that was done by taking a Polaroid camera okay. and attaching it to the monitor, the screen monitor. Okay. Now, if you're out in the field doing that and it's cold out, yeah. the, way that, the way that you operate it, you take the picture, you pull out the film, and you put it underneath your arm to keep it warm. <laughs> <laughs> that's a life hack right there. Yeah. That's, so, that's, the, wow. so the film develops. Okay. That's really funny. So how are things different now? What do you use now? Now the, the, the infrared cameras actually have them right built in. Right, so no need for all of that. No, jazz. no need for all of that. Okay. Do you use the camera phone, uh, the phone on your camera? That is. Do you use that? I I have used the phone on my camera, mm-hmm. and um, I downloaded the manual for my phone. It's, it's only about 140 pages. Of course pages. you did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you did. And I haven't read through the whole thing yet, but this sort of has a, a studio in it, if you will. Right. Right. For editing videos and. And so forth. It, it's so, they're totally amazing now. What you yeah. can do with your phones, Brad. Talk to me a little bit about the camera, the phone that's in the phone, the camera that's in your phone. I keep getting that backwards. Yeah, the camera that's in your phone. It's so great. I mean, it's uh, you have you actually have two of them, right? So you'll have a front facing and a back facing camera, so you can take the selfies without having to you know interact with people. Right. That has, hey, can you take my picture? Um, so they're they're really good. I was uh, I was comparing pictures between my wife's Android phone and my iPhone, and it, the iPhone's f- photos are, are so much better. They they measure them. Like, if you ever hear like the megapixels, mm-hmm. those are like the uh, resolution of the of the cameras of the images. And so the higher the number, obviously, the more uh, the sharper the image right. is. And it's it, they're, they're so great nowadays. I mean, you used to have uh, the flip phones. Even in a flip phone, they would have a camera. And so I think the a lot of people saw the multi utility of the of a device that you can put in your pocket. Yeah. See, I know I'm not like you guys because I prefer to use a real actual yeah. camera. <laughs> Yay. Um, yeah, I can never seem to get it right with my phone. My thumb is always in the picture yeah. or I'm hitting the wrong setting or something. So I just like a good old-fashioned camera. Sure. They're out mm-hmm. there. You know, and then <laughs> yep. I can plug that into the computer and I don't mm-hmm. have to go to Photomat, right. really going back now, <laughs> and get them developed. I just, you know, do it on my computer. Yeah. So what do you think is going to be next, Bernie, f- coming down the pike for technology? I mean, you've kind of lived through all the different generations of things that have occurred. You started with traditional calculator and then went mm-hmm. to, you know, transparencies and then went off to computers and even had computers at home. So what have you got hiding in your house now that's technology that's coming along? Uh, let's see. I, I, what I foresee is Moore's Law continuing, more or less. Oh, we talk about that a lot. Yes, yes you do. <laughs> and things are going to get smaller. Yeah. Yes. Okay. How much faster can they get, really? Do we really need that much speed? Well, well the, I don't know. The, the need for speed is, uh, is, goes in tandem with, if you think about bandwidth, Okay. Because nowadays it's not that you just have your computer hooked up to the internet. You've got your computer, you've got Alexa, you've got right. your tablets. Right. Phones, right? TV your phones, too. Your TV, right. Everything. So bandwidth is important because you need more room to make all of these things work. And and the speed is yeah. going to help it. Yeah, the faster you can But Brad, why do we need things to be faster? Just because we can, what's the value? I think that's some of it. But like the the faster it is, the more the more you can do at once. Uh, that's not always a good thing. Yeah, you know, we're going to end up having a disease. I think not just addiction. I think we're going to have some problem with how our brain processes things because we don't seem to give ourselves enough time to mm. think things through. Mm-hmm. Instant gratification. We don't really use our brains the way we used to to 
process something like an engineering mind like you have, Bernie, would be to look at the problem, then take the things apart, then put them back together. We don't do that anymore. No, we don't. I, I, I would, think that's good. No, I think you have to have – technology is not going to change. The acceleration is not going to change. But what you have to do is use it to your advantage. Mm. Don't make it use you. Mm. How do you do that? Well, you do that by becoming informed. You got to mm-hmm. understand. All right, I've got this device here. Right. They call it a cell phone. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. And if you think about it, is that what you're lucky if that? In some cases, you're lucky if that's one percent of what it does. Yeah. Particularly when you consider the apps that people can lo- yeah. download. Yeah. I don't think about it when I download apps and things like that. I'm much more aware now, and I will bet that I'll go high on this. About 75 percent of the population is probably like me. I would say 25% is like you and Brad, you know, concerned about technology, learning more, always mm-hmm. being on the cutting edge. We, the 75%, count on you guys to tell us <laughs> what's okay to use. Yeah. Not a good thing, probably, because if you don't really understand what you're doing, then you get into a trap. Yeah. So I think it's kind of dangerous. Does it, it doesn't bother either of you? Uh, no, I can, I can definitely see your concern. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's why I think it's necessary to keep up with it. My wife right. and I recently took a course... Um, at Shawshank Tech sure. on, on computers, just basic computers. And my wife says to me, you know this stuff. Why do you need to take that? And I said, well, you know, if you learn just one important item, think about how much time it might save you if you That's repeatedly true. do the same thing day in and day out. That's true. And also, you're probably showing other folks in the class that everybody can learn because, you know, it's pretty clear to us you're not 21. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Neither am I. So, but my point is, I think that as we get older, sometimes we feel a little bit left out of the loop in technology. Right. And I kind of feel that way sometimes. And that's why we started this program. So I wouldn't feel that way as much. And I think it's very important that people do feel that they are in the loop. Do you mm-hmm. sense a lot of people, your contemporaries and peers, feel kind of left out? They do, and I wish I wish more would just take the time and just try to learn a little bit more. It it's right. really is a worthy investment. If you do something like take your even your digital camera and, and read the manual or take your phone and read the manual and, and get a little bit more information, you, you just get some of this information, and it really pays off. Right. Don't you kind of feel, though, like every time you learn something, then they change it? Oh, th- oh definitely. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, look at what most people use every day is a car, right? Mm-hmm. So cars, even though they look different, pretty much the same. You start it, and it goes. But computers, is, they're not like that. Every time I go to a website and I get comfortable with where everything's located, they then go and new and improve it for me. Well, thanks a lot, but that gives me a lot of anxiety. <laughs> so I'm thinking most people have their things that they use on a daily basis, and we just want them to do what we want them to do. I'm waiting for the point where you can tell your computer to do stuff, talk to it like a person. Alexa is a little sort bit that of, way, yeah. mm-hmm. but I'm talking about Star Trek maybe kind uh, of stuff yeah. where computer. you can look at this box and say, you know, can you tell me, you know, da-da-da, this and that, and can you do this for me too, and it will just do it. That's what I'm looking for, the sure. days when you tell it to type a letter or you tell it to do different stuff and it will do that. But that's scary too. You know, that's a great, uh, I think everybody wants that, right? Yeah. To just ask the computer to just do, it. do something. And yes. I think that's where you need the speed. Because the, oh. the computer would have to interpret your mm-hmm. results, find the answers, give you back the answers in a method that you would understand. Oh, boy. So there's a speed. And I think that, you, uh, like Bernie said earlier, it's a tool. All these technologies are tools. And, and just because it can do something doesn't right. mean you need it to do it. That's so good. That That's a really good thing you just said. It's a tool because I mm-hmm. never think of it that way. Yeah. But if you do think of it as a tool, it's something practical that we should be using. I feel like it uses us, honestly. Sometimes. Sure a lot enough. of times I feel like technology is 
is a big evil thing sometimes because it's just so broad. Yeah. You know, Bernie, I don't know. What do you think? It is. It is. It, it can be very intimidating. Uh, there's, there's no question about that. And uh, I, I, see, I see people that, um, unfortunately, they, they won't invest a little bit of time in, in trying to understand what's going on with things. But because we all have so much going on to begin with in our mm-hmm. lives, we're just barely making it through some of us, you know, working all day, the kids, the grandkids, the dog, the house, <laughs> the taxes, voting, all these things we have to do. There's no time to sit down and read the manual or that. So that's why we count on people like you, Bernie, and Brad, to help us to navigate these things. Because those manuals, I think, are a little intimidating, too. (laughs) Even some of the language in the manuals, it should really be broken down more rudimentarily. It's so heavy-duty when you read that stuff. Figure 1A. and Forget it. It, I read the first page, and I'm done because I get too overwhelmed, and I just quit. Yeah, you also, you know. as Bernie mentioned very early on here, is like you had to download the manual. The manuals don't come with these hardware yeah, anymore. So right. already there, that? you have the you yeah. have the tech gap. It's like if you don't know how to download yes. something or find something to download to learn about the device you're using, it kind of it's a catch twenty two. Yes. And I had a friend who had a problem with a dental bill a couple of days ago and said to me, "Well, I'll just send you a screenshot." And I'm like, "No, I want the physical, <laughs> actual paper to hold in my hand and look at." You you almost can't do that anymore. It's kind difficult. Let me I just, print but I like physical, but. tangible. Yes, and that's what we ended up doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, but which I didn't do. By the way, he did that. But I, I, I probably could have done it, yeah. but it would have frustrated me so much that it, you know I wouldn't have had the uh, energy left to read the foolish paper. But I like the old-fashioned stuff. But I guess, Brad, I am looking forward to the day when yeah. I can just look at my computer yeah. and say, "Hey, send that letter to Mary yeah. and turn the TV down and put the heat on and." But then you have to have trust, too, yes. that these items are safe. And, mm-hmm. and we've talked about the whole Big Brother thing and, yeah. and all of that, too. Do you think, Bernie, someday we're going to get in trouble with technology? And it's just going to all blow up and we're going to have none. Like something like at the end of Planet of the Apes where <laughs> he sees the Statue of Liberty and <laughs> you know realizes he realizes <laughs> that Spoilers. it's gone and it's yep. all over. I worry about that, that we're going to get too big for our britches and go too far. There, there's a possibility of that. A lot of that is explored in science fiction. Yeah. And um, and how much of science fiction is proven to be true? Mm-hmm. A lot of things we've seen in science fiction that they created, even Star Trek, we talk about that mm-hmm. a lot, now exist. Well, one way to think of that is all of it. Be- because science fiction writers, I mean, don't necessarily try to be prophets. When they do hit the nail on the head, they might say, see, I told you so. I mean, the Internet <laughs> right. was predicting. So you're saying it's coincidence, really? It's, I mean, there's so, many, there's so many avenues that you can take that eventually somebody's going to hit on something. The Internet was predicted in 1944. The atomic bomb, uh, somebody wrote a story on that, and the government actually went into them and said, where did you get this information from? And they said, well, it's, it's readily available, which it was. Right. And so they said, and, and they let him publish the story. Interesting. Yeah. But I do worry that it's, because we're only in Wilmington here, mm-hmm. you know, in a small little room in Wilmington. Everybody's thinking about technology all over the world. Sure. How many people are there? I don't know. What, <laughs> 7 billion? I don't know how many there are. But yep. if I'm thinking this, then somebody else has got to be thinking it too. Right. And I just hope that the people who are in the know are being responsible mm-hmm. with technology and what they do with it. I don't know. What do you think, Brett? I think that there needs to be, I think we talked about this last week, about ethics in yes, technology. Yes, and yes. I think that's sorely missing because I think that you have the type of people to push the edge with technology or a certain mindset, and they're only going to be looking at the technology. And then you need to bring in another 
type of person to think about, well, should we do it? Um, and I think that'll, and I think it'll come because I think like social media uh, is really a very glaring example of that. Mm-hmm. It's like Facebook can sell ads to Russia, but should they? Sure. And so now they're kind of, the government has gotten involved and then, um, and they're getting black eyes when it comes to like publicity and stuff like that. So I think we're moving in, yes. in the right direction. So you're not going to stop progress. I mean, it, right. and that's not just even technology. You're just not going to stop progress. So you need to you need to spend time and, and back away. And there's uh, like unplugged weekends movements where like, yeah, you kind of get overwhelmed by all the technology that's in the world and your phone using you. So Turn it off. Right. I mean, people don't even look up at each other. They're walking around and they're in their phones, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, So, you know, eventually we'll be probably having to teach people how to communicate with each other. Mm -hmm. Instead of having classes on computer technology, we'll be having (laughs) classes on how to communicate one-on-one, which is hilarious. But I'll be able to teach that class. There you go. (laughs) Future job fight. That'll be great. Yeah. We we also talked a lot about the dark web, too. And that's another aspect that... Bernie, have you been on the dark web? I haven't been on the dark web. I just received, I, I listened to the, the podcast uh, talking scary. about the, yes, mm-hmm. and I just received in the mail, I think it's the AARP newsletter, and it's got a big article in there on the dark web. Ooh. Yeah. The Experian, the credit company, I just saw a commercial saying you get a free dark web scan of your information. <gasps> I, I think that's more of a, a marketing ploy on their part. That, yeah. but, I don't know. But it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, because, you know, for all of this nice talk we're having about responsibility and ethics, yeah. <laughs> all of the other folks that want to do the bad stuff are doing it. And it's on the dark web. It's there. Yeah. You tried to go in there. Yeah, I went. I didn't stay long. Yeah, no, it's not <laughs> a <laughs> safe place. That's why it's called the dark web, right? I guess that's probably what we mean. And now it's time for your technology tidbit, food for thought. All right, so speaking of progress and smartphones, uh, smartphones are probably used more than cameras, uh, for cameras as phones. So back in 2011, Microsoft wanted to compete with the iPhone, and they decided to partner with a digital camera company, Nikon, to create the Microsoft phone. Six years later, it's being phased out. So there's some some progress, right? Because people, Microsoft saw the writing on the wall. So many people are using the phone for as a camera. So let's get someone, uh, a company that specializes in the hardware. And that makes sense. I yeah. think that's a beautiful partnership. And, I can imagine yeah. the PR meeting for that. We're gonna go with yeah. Nikon. They're the, they are the guys for photography, and we're gonna put it. For, that sounds like it would be mm-hmm. great. I, yeah, but it, it didn't, didn't make it. So Why? I think some of it is if you look up online for like uh, the first ones in, in 2011, it was like these bright orange, bright yellow phones, and it had like mm. a lens that stuck out the back. Oh. And so with people so used to putting their phones in their pocket, it probably just didn't fit. And the, and the operating system with Microsoft didn't really work very well either because it was essentially running Windows 8 that everybody hated. But so but like I like the, the idea of a partnership yeah. of the experts in both yeah. fields coming together, but I guess it just so didn't make there's, it. So there's progress that went a direction that makes sense, but it didn't work. So just because it progresses doesn't mean it's going to stick around. Right. And actually, that's probably, you know, the, the other phone companies probably learned a lot from that mm. watching that crash and burn yeah. made them say okay well we won't do that again bernie did you want to add something to that about phones and cameras uh as far as the cameras go i mean my first experience with a digital camera was a logitech photo man <laughs> and it came out in 92 and it was a it captured tiff images uh-huh. mm-hmm. 376 by 240 okay they were black and white and you screwed on 
what's called a neutral density filter if it was too too much brightness. <laughs> Way too much for me. <laughs> Way too much. But that's what you use it's first. Complex. Yeah. But now you just use your phone. Now, a- actually, when I take images, I use I don't use my phone. I, I it's very convenient. Mm-hmm. If I want to take an image, I've got this here. But I use a uh, it's a Panasonic. I'm trying to remember the the number, but it's a got a 12x or 14x uh, okay. optical zoom. It's so an older you, camera, but it still works great. Right. So you've mentioned your wife a couple of times, and I'm just curious to how she reacts to your relationship with technology. Uh, she relies on me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah, can you come live in my house for a couple of weeks? Plug this, some stuff in that, for me. The computer's running yeah. slow. And but so you forth. said that she wondered why you felt it was necessary to continually expand your knowledge, especially on things that you quotes already know. Right. So I'm interested in how her relationship with technology is. She just relies on you to know stuff. Pretty, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, okay. she's she uh, she'll jump into something. She's not afraid to do something. And I'll learn from her. We're in the car one day, and there's a song on the radio. And so she has her phone there, uh-huh. and she taps the phone uh-huh. and says, Google, who's singing this song? I know. And, and it comes up with the right yeah. answer. going <laughs> to put the DJs right out of business. You don't even need them. What about your wife, Brad? She has the technology guru 24-7. <laughs> Does she rely on you to, like, you know, set her phone up for her? No, she's stuff? pretty good about it. She's good. Uh, she's, she has major privacy concerns as well as she should. Yeah. So she's kind of, she's like naughty. She has a Facebook account. She never goes on it. Stuff yeah. like that. We turn off the Wi-Fi at night. Stuff like that. Yeah. Just little things here and there. So she keeps me, she, she keeps me reined in. That's about good. It. So it's a great compliment, yeah. you know, because it's like I'll, nice I'll obviously marriage. just use it and explore. And she'd be like, yeah, wait a minute. Yeah. So it's, it's good. Well, because I was thinking of p- parents at home with their kids. You know, they probably rely on their kids a lot to teach them stuff or set up the computer or whatever. I have many devices I don't allow to go to the Internet. I use them specifically for playing music or whatever. True. I don't even let them. I say, no, you mm-hmm. can't go to your computer. And I don't let it because mm-hmm. I'm concerned that I'm going to break something or wreck something. But for you two, if something broke, you probably welcome that so you can fix it right? sometimes right usually, like it that. usually breaks when i don't have the yeah. time to explore <laughs> but yeah. it is it's interesting because you really learn a lot about yeah. fixing things good so let's tell the folks bernie brought a lot of stuff that mm-hmm. you're going to see on the companion page let's tell the folks what you brought what did you bring you brought uh an old-fashioned calculator a slide a rule slide rule two slide yeah. rules right using both slide rules so you will computers. see all this stuff yeah. um when you look at brad's companion page which we will tell you about in a moment um, but he'll identify all the different objects. And yeah. it might be kind of neat, folks. I know you know we can't obviously do a visual component to a podcast, at least not yet. Who knows? Maybe next month they'll come up with a way. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's called but, a video, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, they already created that, and I yeah. missed it. Yeah. But um, you know, Brad will put that on the companion page. So you can see some of these devices that Bernie was talking about and really get a, a good sense of how technology, technology has changed. Because if you haven't seen it, it's really hard to visualize it. Heck, even if you have seen it, you still re-look at it and say, wow, that's what we used to use mm-hmm. because we do mm-hmm. forget. So how does the companion page work? Let's talk about that. So the companion page is at wilmlibrary.org slash BDD, and I have a list of um, all of the previous episodes and the current episode and kind of further reading, which I'll have the pictures on this one. Uh, I'll embed the podcast yeah. episode there, and there's a contact form at the bottom. You can let us know how we did, suggestions for uh, future episodes. Awesome. And I want to thank you for doing that, Brad, because that's something I could never do unless you <laughs> taught me how to do it. But I do appreciate you taking the extra time to do that. Bernie, anything final you want to share with our listeners before we close the program today? Uh, I, I would invite them to 
tune into the show in all seriousness. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, it, it really is great. And oh, that's so nice of you to you say. You said that people don't have time to do stuff, but what I've done, I mean, I, I would take the podcast and I put it on a thumb drive and listen well, to it go. while I'm driving. Well, maybe we'll have to have a podcast on how to put things on a thumb drive. So <laughs> there we go. We'll know how to do that. I mean, that's, I think most people could probably do that. Yeah. But thank you for saying sure. that. And thanks for taking time out of your busy technology universe to hang out with us. <laughs> we hope that you'll create your own podcast someday because I think you got a lot of information that people would like to okay. hear. Go give so us that's a thought. great. <laughs> All right, Brad, anything else you want to tell anybody? Anything uh, new I, and exciting? So I guess on? I'll just plug his library service because yeah, Bernie was saying that. that people uh, are need to expose themselves to it. Yes. And so if you want to do it in a, self, a safe manner, you can book a tech help session yes. with me and we can explore something that's been sitting on your bureau gathering dust. And yes, and it. you know, if you pay so much for these silly phones, yeah, why not use, use some of the stuff that's mm-hmm. on them? I really only use mine to talk and text. I should really, <laughs> and maybe a few apps, but I should really kind of well, use it for what you want. Yeah, I mean, I should know. try a few fun things at least. You know, get out there a little bit in the Explore. technology world. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, listeners, for listening to us. We do appreciate you being here. And our next episode will be episode three of season two. We have some exciting stuff planned for you. So we will be with you again for bridging the digital divide very soon. <laughs>